Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of The Yard. I apologize for the technical issues on Friday. We're still having some issues, but I believe we found a workaround to bring the Boneyard goodness to you today. Hopefully, this will be a temporary issue. Uh, but e- either way, no matter what happens, the Boneyard will persevere, and uh, if that means we've got to put it on a different platform, that's what we'll do. But the bottom line is, uh, the Boneyard abides, brother. And so, anyway, I want to thank you guys for, uh, for joining us today. A lot to talk about. Kind of a power-packed show. So many great things going on. You got, you, got, you got men's basketball, women's basketball, you got baseball, you got softball, you got football recruiting, you got all kind of stuff going on right now. So there's no shortage of things to talk about when it comes to Mississippi State Athletics. And we want to thank our friends at Campus Bookmart for allowing us to do it. Campus Bookmart, a stark building and institution, a place where you can go and get the latest in Maroon White fashions and decorative items for your home. It uh, is absolutely the best place to go 
uh, when you're looking for those items. And uh, if you can't make it to town, or maybe game day is a bit of a rush for you. You know, if you're like me, when you know when I used to have to travel to ball games, I could not wait to get there and just kind of get to the venue and begin to enjoy the experience. So maybe game day is not a shopping day for you. We encourage you to go to campusbookmart.net. And by using the promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, you can get free shipping on all orders over $50. That is the phrase that pays. I want to thank our friends at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi for what they're doing to educate Mississippians and the world about the dangers of the opioid crisis in America. There is an absolute epidemic in our home state and in our country. It is absolutely everybody's problem now. There is a great chance you or someone you know will be negatively impacted by the opioid crisis. We encourage you to arm yourself with knowledge by going to BCBSMS. It's Blue Cross Blue Shield, Mississippi. Again, BCBSMS.com forward slash opioids. O-P-I-O-I-D-S. Educate yourself. The life you save may be your own. So as I mentioned top of the show, a lot to talk about today, but, but what really would we open with other than opening day weekend? It was uh, a, a arguably the greatest opening day weekend of our lives with uh, with all of the great legends coming back and, and so many of our former Diamond Dog players. You know, one of the things that I'm a big proponent of is there are no, there's no such thing as a former Bulldog. I, I, I get a little offended when people say that because that is a lifelong designation. I, I will never look at Will Clark or Alfie Palmero or Bobby Thigpen or Jeff Brandley or Paul Mahalam or Adam Frazier, or Travis Chapman, or Mike Kelly, or any of those guys, Brantley Jones, and think, you know what, those guys are former Bulldogs. No, they're still Bulldogs. They're just not active players any longer. But having those guys back on campus, you know, it's, it was almost a surreal experience. We had the chance to interview uh, Jeff Brantley, Rafael Palmero, and Will Clark in the Hall of Champions in between the doubleheader. I videoed most of that and made it available for free. You can go to jeanspage.com right now, and you can watch The Natural, and you can watch Rafi, and you can watch The Cowboy talk about what this weekend meant to them for free. Just go do it. We wanted to share that with everybody. You can also read what, number one, Ron Polk thinks about the new stadium. Had a chance to speak with him. All that, again, is for free. Go to Jeans Page. Nobody covered up in day weekend better than we did. Nobody. Nobody. And I mean it. Nobody covered it better than we did. So the biggest news of the weekend, we did unveil the stadium, we unveiled the statues, we bring everybody in, we, we, we was cold, but we won three ball games. And one of the things that I'll tell you that I like the most about this team, other than the, uh, the rock songs as walk-ups, big proponent of that, is we hit the baseball up and down the order. We got consistent pitching three consecutive days, uh, and everybody performed up to expectations. You know, yeah, it took us a little while to get going Friday. You know, it did. I think we had one hit through six innings. And that was, a, you know, that was kind of chintzy, to be honest with you. That was a smash Jordan Westberg hit to the uh, to the right of the shortstop and uh, could have been ruled an error. It was a bit of a judgment play. But the bottom line is we, we had barreled up a lot of baseballs on Friday. But we didn't have them safely in the outfield green for some time. And then once we got rolling – we rolled right over Youngstown State as we expected. And so I really believe that the the emotion of the day, the emotion of playing in this jewel of a stadium, I think it took a little while to get used to. And I think, you know, now once we get a couple weekends in, I, I think everybody will kind of settle in and kind of be able to enjoy the park and not have, be so awestruck about things. Uh, but I want to give our, our students 
you know, a, a tremendous tip of the cap. That, that, that student section was absolutely packed. The lounge was packed. Uh, and that's, you know, that's relatively speaking because when we have our first SEC weekend in here, you, you guys, we, we will redefine the term packing a stadium. Can't wait for the rest of you guys to get here. Those of you that couldn't make it or maybe perhaps the weather or work or whatever kind of kept you away. It's a weekend that we'll never forget. Outstanding effort. Now, I'll tell you, I mentioned hitting baseball up and down the order. You know, we wondered how the ballpark would play with the left field lofts out there. That was one of the questions that I asked Crystal Monis in media days. You know, what, what did you see in the fall? You know, and said, you know, listen, we, we thought it actually played pretty well. And I think based on the circumstances this weekend, despite the fact that there was some cooler temperatures, which usually keeps the ball in the yard, uh, State still found a way to put some out there. Tanner Allen with a couple of home runs, 13 RBIs on the weekend. Elijah McNamee hits a home run. Justin Foscu hits one. Hayden Jones hits one 390 to right. Uh, and so the ball's jumping. The ball's jumping out there. And, uh, you know, Jake is Jake. Jake had, uh, I guess, an 0 for 5 game in game three. But, uh, you know, Jake's putting ball in play. We know what to expect from Jake Mangum. You know, so if, so if Jake has, you know, kind of an off game at the plate, you know, we're, we're not going to get overly concerned about that because we know what to expect. Jake is our guy, you know, and, and we know what we're going to get from Jake Mangum. But the great thing is, is we don't have to have a four for five game from Jake Mangum in order to be competitive. You know, we've got enough sticks in the lineup now where there have been some teams, even in recent years, once we got down through six or seven in the lineup, we were almost kind of giving outs away. And I'm not being disrespectful to anybody. I'm just saying that and this really, you're kind of paying tribute to the, the current lineup we have, is you've got some guys up and down this order. There's, there's not a lot of outs in there. You know, it's not a situation where, well, we've got this guy as a defensive replacement, and we kind of hope he walks. You know, there, there's not that, that that situation. You know, I, I think Gunnar Halter in the nine hole is going to be great for Mississippi State. Guy, guy with great speed, the guy that's got some sneaky power. And uh, you know, to, to see him out there, you, you'll see what I'm talking about. Great range at second base. W- wondered where he would fit, you know, position-wise with, uh, with Jordan Westbrook holding down short. But he just looks so comfortable and confident in second. Everything that he does, like he, you can tell the guy's played a lot of baseball. He was not caught up in the moment. The moment wasn't too big for him. Put a couple put, put a couple balls in play, really stung him. And so I kind of like him down there in the nine hole because I think it's going to give you, number one, a guy that's going to have a pretty good, pretty good on base percentage. But also it kind of gives you a secondary leadoff guy, which means that Jake will more than likely have an opportunity to hit with good speed on the bases in front of him. And you know how important that is. Jake laces one in the right center. You got a good chance, I guess, scores from first. And so I think that's good. I love the way the lineup is set up now. Landon Jordan is a guy. We we, if you, we had a preview on him last week. I wrote an article on him uh, for Gene's page last week. Uh, he was he led the team in hitting in the fall with a 471 batting average. And that was one of the things people wondered as well. You know, what do we do with that DH spot? Well, it's going to be Landon Jordan more times than not. It's going to be some matchup things where you may put Josh Hatcher up there as a left-handed stick because, you know, Josh had the big start last year. This guy can really rake the baseball too. And you'll have some situations where you'll, you'll experiment a little bit with the position. Lamona said as much. But we felt like we're pretty, pretty good defensively where we are right now. But Landon Jordan can play some at third. He can play some at second. I uh, put shortstop in high school, and that's really what you do is you, you recruit a bunch of shortstops and you plug them in where they fit. You, know, you, you don't necessarily go recruit second baseman, but you go get a shortstop and make them a second baseman, make them a third baseman, you know, and that's where, you know, while Westbrook broke in last year at third, uh, thought Jordan was really solid defensively. 
had a four-hit ball game, uh, you know, really got things cranking going for us over the weekend. And so when you begin to look up and down this order, and you can start and work your way down, you think, well, we didn't have a big weekend from Rowdy Jordan, but you know what to expect from Rowdy. And that, that's the thing that I think is so encouraging about this team is that you have so many people that can make a positive contribution offensively and defensively. That hadn't always been the case, and that's the mark of a great team is that they don't give you outs. You, you can't just navigate through the batting order and say, oh, man, if we just get to that bottom third, you know, we can cruise a little bit. That's just not the case. There are some really good hitters down there. And I thought Dustin Skelton, you know, I, you know th- th- forgive me for, for getting a little technical here. The old baseball coach and me is coming out. But his point of contact is a little bit off. But, you know, he, he actually he nearly hit one out to right center. And then he hits one of the biggest part of the ballpark. And then he nearly rips one down the line foul for a home run. I mean, it's like he rips it. So when he gets his point, when he gets some at-bats, we've always known he's had some, some talent and some power. But when he gets you get some, some game swings and gets that point of contact settled, he starts hitting the ball out in front of the plate, he's going to hit some home runs for you. I see people forecasting, you know, 60-some-odd home runs for this team. Uh, I don't know that that's unrealistic. Honestly, I think when you begin to look at the fact that the jump that Tanner Allen has made uh, and the, what Elijah McNamee, he did last year, and it's kind of carried that over, and, and you look up and down that order, it's going to be a few guys in there that are going to be four and five home run guys kind of adding that total. But I think you've got some guys you know, like a Tanner Allen or Elijah McNamee. I think Jordan Westbrook can be a double-digit home run guy. So you begin to kind of work through that, and then you think you've got guys like uh, Rowdy Jordan and uh, – and, and Gunnar Halter just kind of hiding in the reeds there that it can hit big big flies for you as well. And I think pitching-wise, things were outstanding. Uh, really like the way the rotation sets up right now. Ethan Small comes out, has a career-high 11 strikeouts uh, on Friday. And then you know, JT Ginn has a little first-inning trouble, uh, gives uh, gives up a two-run homer, and then didn't get, did not give up a hit the rest of the ballgame, if I'm not mistaken. We only allowed two hits in the ballgame, and I believe the second one came in relief. But it seemed like everybody we rolled out, rolled out there, and, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Keegan James. Keegan James, I, I thought, really did a good job. He was a little, bit, a little more efficient pitch-wise than I, than I thought early on than Ethan Small was. Ethan got a bunch of strikeouts, but I thought Keegan did a good job kind of pitching to contact, letting the defense make plays for him early, which kind of kept his pitch count down. He did have the one inning where he kind of got in a little bit of a jam, but he pitches out of it, bases loaded jam, gets the strikeout, and we're done. Um, but all that being said, no matter who they rolled out there, there was never anybody that seemed to struggle to find the strike zone. Uh, Tristan Barlow, I know, had a, had a little bit of an adventure, and uh, really, as a left-handed specialist, you know, getting him back after last year, uh, you know, it's big because he's going to be a big matchup guy. I don't know that he's the guy we expect to get, you know, big innings down the stretch, but I'll tell you, there was nobody out there that I felt like, you know what, this guy's going to be a liability. And there was some, listen, early, there were some times early last year where we thought, man, why in the world is this guy even on an active roster? I, you know, t- to be fair, you know, when Zach Neff was pitching early in the season last year, I think some people were thinking, man, you know, we took this guy as a grad transfer, and then we don't get to Omaha without Zach Neff. I mean, Zach Neff down the stretch was as good as anybody on the staff. And so I say that to say how far ahead it appears that we are as a pitching staff. Cole Gordon comes out, outstanding, outstanding effort from Cole Gordon. You know what to expect from him. Spencer Price comes back out. Very very first pitch he throws get absolutely rifled to center field, and Jake runs it down. Then he settled in, and I understand after his inning that he was very emotional in the dugout. And uh, that that's good to hear because it shows how much it means to him. And I, and I know there was some concern 
when he got hurt, uh, you know, would he come back and be that dominant guy? I mean, this, this is the guy that was lights out for us as a closer. And, uh, and so to see him kind of come back and find a role in this team is very rewarding for him and for this, for this program. Uh, you know, State stuck by him, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of anxiety and trepidation goes through all that. You know, when you're battling back from an injury and they make a coaching change, you know, you don't have any currency built up with a new head coach or a new pitching coach. You know, they don't know what you were. They never saw you pitch. You know, they, they don't know that they can depend on you. And then now you, you bring somebody in that uh, you basically have to start over with, and you're not at your best when they get here. And it takes a little while to kind of get back in. And so I can understand uh, all of that. I can understand those feelings. And then to see Spencer come back and pitch the way that he did, it's it's really a confidence builder for him and for everybody else. you know. And you know that the teammates are all rooting for him. You know, Jake and those guys are all pulling for that guy. But to have him come back and pitch the way that he did, you know, gets a couple strikeouts to close out the inning, uh, it's very, very encouraging. And listen, it's Youngstown State. Not going to be disrespectful to those guys, but you know, we, we didn't we didn't play Vanderbilt this weekend. But because you didn't, you're able to play a lot of people. You're able to have a lot of guys get at bats. Brad Cumbust comes in. Mississippi State tied in Brad Cumbust. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had a guy to play two sports. Really has been. And uh, he comes into opening weekend and then and, and just laces an RBI single out there to, to right field and then on the arrow goes to third. But you begin to look at this thing and you begin to realize the depth this team has. You got a lot of guys that can play. This is, and for the, some of you younger guys, this is kind of reminiscent of some teams that we've had at times, you know, in the late 80s and in, and in the, the late 90s, you know, teams that that it wasn't just five or six good guys, that you, you just about anybody you trot out there could make a contribution. Uh, and that's kind of what we saw. Now, things will get a little different here coming up this week. You know, we'll have UAB on Wednesday. Uh, you know, and uh, Coach Lamona says that'll be kind of a Johnny Holstaff day. We'll go out there and, you know, get two or three innings here, two or three innings there, uh, assuming we get to play. It's supposed to be a lot of rain all week. And then Southern Miss is headed in this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you saw – uh, Walner's comments yesterday. He made some comment about them sweeping uh, Mississippi State, and uh, he said, "Well, they went to Omaha or something." You kind of in a disrespectful way. Uh, I can assure you that those uh, those comments have already been received by uh, those that need to have them. Uh, but the bottom line is, it's a big week for Mississippi State, and I think after what happened last year, because Southern Miss is a quality team and a quality program, we take care of them in the regional in 2000. Uh, in 17, and then they sweep us in 2018. And so now we get them back in our yard, and we'll see what happens. But uh, need to see those games happen because, you know, we need State to win that series. It'll be a good uh, RPU boost down the stretch. Interesting, I, I, I follow the D1 baseball rankings. I believe they are the most credible uh, because D1 baseball actually covers college baseball. What I mean by that is they have people that staff games. They go out and cover games. They, they spend time on the road in the fall. There are a lot of people that just kind of – put a poll together and there's so many polls out there but I find D1 baseball to be the most credible um, and of the D1 baseball rankings 23 of the top 25 teams won their series over the weekend Mississippi State of course sweeps theirs uh, Dan McDonald's current team Louisville goes 1-2 and two on the weekend and Dan McDonald's old team Ole Miss goes 1-1 one one on the weekend uh, dropping a Saturday game uh, to Ride State, Sunday's game was rained out. And so, but college baseball is back. And this is one of those things we look forward to, not not just because of the fact that we were, you know, we're bringing the legends home. But we expected to have a really good baseball team this year, and we do. And so, let's come out, let's support the team, 
it's not enough just to buy the tickets, okay? It's Listen, and everybody that makes a financial contribution, I want to let you know that's very much appreciated. But it's not enough just to buy the tickets. We need you here at Dirty Noble. We need you to come out. And if you can't be here, please make sure there's a bulldog in your, in your seats. Need to have bulldogs in the seats. It's important. It's a big part of things. I want to remind you when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the place to go. I was there after ball game on Saturday. Uh, my son and his wife were in town, and uh, they wanted to go eat Bulldog Burger Company. We did. I actually had the wings. Got the uh, the the habanero, the mango habanero, six of those and six of the buffalo ones. Enjoyed it. See, you know, there's, that's the thing that I tell people. It's not just about the hamburger. You can go have a quality experience and have any number of items on that menu. So Bulldog Burger Company, make plans allot yourself some time to either eat before or after the ball game when you're in town and if you're just passing through on business during the week bring the family to bulldog burger company it's where they want to go they may not tell you because like it's one of those things when you well where do you guys want to eat we're in a hurry well let's go to you know some fast food joint you you deserve better than that your family deserves better than that go get that great restaurant quality hamburger from bulldog burger company it is a restaurant closest to campus in the cotton district it is the place where people in start will go to meet. M-E-A-T. So a couple more things about baseball before we move on here. Uh, I made some notes for you guys. I mentioned how, how great it was to see Clark and Palmero and Brantley. And I'll tell you, it's, it's almost a surreal experience. Because it's for, for those of us that grew up watching those guys, and many of you I know went to school with those guys, and, um, and to follow their careers in uh, Major League Baseball, it's uh, it's one of those things, you know, I, I grew up and, and really made me realize what Mississippi State could be, that we weren't just, you know, a really good SEC team, that we could be a launching pad for Major League Baseball players. And, and uh, you would never know this, but uh, but in my office I've got kind of like a little, uh, you know, kind of a baseball dugout locker room look in my office and uh, got some of my son's baseball jerseys and hats hanging there and some state stuff. But uh, But looking at me every day, uh, I've got rookie cards for Bobby Thigpen, Rafael Palmero, Will Clark, and Jeff Brantley looking right at me. And then I've got the 89 baseball autographed Mississippi State uh, team baseball cards right there every day. I look at it every day when I come in here because Mississippi State baseball means so much to me. Uh, and to have these guys come back and to be able to shake their hands and have them share in this moment with all of us, that you know this is something that we can share for generations and to have them come back and pay homage to their roots is outstanding. And uh, talking to some people, many people whose names you would know, uh, I had one person tell me that, uh, you know, Steve, this is even better than what we have at TD Ameritrade. And I said, well, what's, what's kind of the difference there? And I said, well, what happens underneath? What happens underneath the amenities for the players, the, you know, the pitching lab and, and all the, the hitting backgrounds and the things that they have down the amenities for the players are unlike anything else in the country uh, and then what you have out here above the ground of course with the uh, you know with you know the, the left field lounge and then of course the upper decks and this, this sort of thing uh, nobody has what we have there's no question about that and of course we've got the left field lofts out there and, and uh, that's something that I think other people will now kind of choose to replicate it's one thing when it comes to baseball. Mississippi State's always been innovative. And uh, it took a long time for us to make the move with the stadium. There were a lot of people that were involved in the beginning. And when John Cohen first got here, you know, and uh, we, we did a few things. You know, we fixed the drainage system. And, uh, you know, we, we put some some D 
decals over some of the pillars out there and made them look like baseball bats, but we didn't do a whole lot as far as long-term type stuff because we knew this day was coming. Well, the day's finally here. And I really believe, like most of you do, that uh, this is going to allow us to take the next step as a baseball program. Ron Polk made mention that when he spoke to Chris Lamontis, he told him, because, hey, Chris, I'm going to tell you, uh, you better win. <laughs> he said, well, these guys building a stadium, uh, there's some real pressure. You know, and, and the people will look at recruiting and say, well, why did you take this kid when you could have got that kid? You know, and so uh, we are a much more visible baseball program than we were a year ago and certainly five years ago. And, and that's, you know, factor in all the tradition. But, you know, when you begin to look about the, the future diamond dogs, the people that you're going to be able to, to commit and people that are going to be able to choose to be a part of your program, uh, you're going to be more, a more attractive location to those people. And I think that's where, that's where the next step comes from is in recruiting. State's done a good job recruiting and in many years done a great job recruiting. But in order to, to get to Omaha regularly, we have to kind of recruit on the same level as LSU and Vanderbilt. And uh, I believe we've done that the last couple of years. But in order for us to get there and stay there and be a regular contender to go to Omaha and to win it, you know, we can't have, you know, slack years. We can't ever have a year where things are off. You're going to have to have more guys like JT Ginn that like to turn down Major League Baseball f- for the college baseball experience. And uh, speaking with him on Saturday, you can just see that with the grin on his face, that he, he no doubt feels that he made the right decision. Kid's going to be a star for us. And uh, I think when you see what happens with him, listen, I don't know how you improve on being a first-round pick unless you just move him to the top ten. You know, and that guy turned down millions of dollars to come to play at Mississippi State because he valued the Mississippi State college experience. He valued the opportunity to go to Omaha. And I think in many ways he can be a bit of a trailblazer And then when it comes to that. He's going to have a great experience here. As long as that guy stays healthy and works hard, he's going to have a huge career here at Mississippi State. But we are no longer talking about the days of old, and I believe in many respects that uh, the best is yet to come. As great as 85 was, we finished third in the country. As great as 89 was, we were the best team in the country, and we didn't make it to Omaha. Uh, as great as 2013 was, we made it to the national final. We didn't finish the deal. And speaking with Wes Ray over the weekend, he goes, you know, if they'd had an opportunity to pick out the team on the other side of the bracket to play, it would have been UCLA. And we just didn't finish the deal. And as great as last year was, we didn't beat Oregon State that second time. That's an important part of things. And so, yeah, we've, we've had some great moments, but we haven't had the moment. We haven't had that moment when we were the best of the best. And I believe those days are coming. And I believe they're not far off. And I believe this could be a special team this year. But I believe when we begin to look at, there's so much that we have, and I'm guilty of this too, guys, especially those of us, you know, in our 40s and 50s and beyond, you know, we, we long for the, for the glory days as if the best days are behind us. And as great as it was to watch Will Clark and Rafael Palmero play at Duty Noble Field, and as great as it was to watch Tommy Raffo and Pete Young and Jody Hurst and Tracy Eccles, Tracy Jobes and Bobby Reed and Barry Winford and all those guys. As great as all that was, we can do better. We can do better. And by saying that, we're not being disrespectful to those guys who laid the foundation for this program. They would want us to do better. They don't see that as disrespect. That's why they come back. They want to be a part of this, and they want to see us win a national championship because they feel like they have 
an investment in that accomplishment as well. It's outstanding. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about too, uh, a couple things, and, and this is go ahead and settle in. It's going to be a longer show today because we didn't record on Friday. And um, but there were some complaints too, and uh, you know I want to address some of that stuff just because I think it's important. Um, for some reason, and it's not just Mississippi State people, so don't don't take this the wrong way. But it's kind of human nature. But uh, we cannot be happy with what is. You know, there's always we're never going to make everybody happy with everything we do. Uh, I saw people come you know, complain about uh, the due debts. And listen, let me let me tell you this. Uh, I love the due debts. I love them when they're the Palm Squad. I love them when they're the basketball uh, dancers or whatever. They bring a lot of value to the to the entertainment experience. Uh, those girls work very, very hard. Those young ladies do a very good job and uh, really don't get a lot of financial aid for it. Uh, but, you know, I have read some of these comments online, and uh, let me just tell you they're disrespectful. Okay, they're disrespectful to those young ladies. And uh, I think it's important that people understand Mississippi State is trying to bring you uh, the most quality experience they possibly can. That's what they're trying to do. And so they'll try some things. Uh, may not work out. It may it, it may work out great. You know, we've had cheerleaders at ball games before. You know, on top of the dugout. And so uh, understand, not everything is going to be to my taste. You know, I, I kind of tweeted out. You know, listen, uh, I, I don't. There's a whole segment of, of of rock music that I'm not a big fan of. You know, and so I, I, I'm going to complain too. I don't, I don't like some of the songs they play. But you know what? Not everything is out there for me. I mean, I, I would never pick. Uh, you know, some of these country western songs to be played. But I understand there are a lot of people that attend the ball games that that's what they prefer. And I want everybody to have a good time because I know, understand that not everybody has the same taste that I have, whether it be, you know, music or whatever. There's always going to be something to complain about. You know, my hope is is that let's, let's focus more on what we have rather than the things that uh, maybe don't fit the perfect ideal of what we think the experience should be. With so many complaints about that sort of stuff, it's like, you know, we don't like, I don't like to do that. I don't like the sound system. I don't like the music. You know, guys, listen, we've got the greatest college baseball facility in the country. Let's let's enjoy it for what it is, and let's let them kind of you know work out the kinks. You know, I, I was told this morning that uh, they were already meeting, that marketing and everybody's already meeting to kind of go over what went wrong over the weekend and what they think we can do better. Mississippi State wants you to have a great experience when you come to a ball game. And they want you to have a grand experience when you come to the Noble Field. We want everybody to walk away saying, wow, that was amazing. But I also understand not everybody likes the things that I like. But the, the commonality in this deal is we all want to see Mississippi State win. We want to see Mississippi State be successful. And so I'm willing to listen to some songs that I don't like because it's not, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It's not about me and my entertainment. I'm here to watch Mississippi State play. I'm here to watch Mississippi State win. I'm going to watch Mississippi State compete for championships and bring a national championship home. And if that means that i got to listen to Florida Georgia line, that's what I'm going to do. It's just the reality of things. And so my hope is, is that we can kind of get through this complaining phase. And I know there's some people that live to complain. Uh, I remember some of the social media posts when, uh, you know, we struggled a little bit early in the ball game. You know, Friday night, people are already ready to fire Chris Lamonis. You know, we're, we're you know, not even, uh, you know, four game, four innings into the first game of the first season, and we're ready to run him off, you know. So relax a little bit. 
uh, enjoy the ride. I also read yesterday with great interest that uh, the Clarion Ledger did uh, our friend Tyler Horka no favors by uh, having a uh, sub-headline in there where they called Will Clark and Rafael Palmero Ole Miss greats. There are a few things that I want to say about that. The first thing that I want to say is this has happened frequently enough that uh, it doesn't appear to be, you know, a mistake regularly. I'm not saying alleging it's a conspiracy. I think it's a, I think it's a situation where some people involved with the publication of the paper above the beat writer level are not very good at their jobs. Tyler Horka did not write the headline. Tyler Horka did not write the uh, the subheadline, the cut lines, any of stuff. He just wrote the article. But it's amazing to me that it never happens the other way. It never happens where Ole Miss's constituency, their readership, is ever upset about this kind of stuff because it doesn't happen to them. It's just weird to me. And so a lot of people got mad at Tyler Horka. It's not Tyler Horka's fault. If you, the, the buck in my, in my mind, the buck stops with Sam Hall. You know, this is the guy. Because here's the deal: these issues have consistently happened, no matter who was the beat writer at Mississippi State, right? We can go back to uh, when with Will Salmon was there. There were some issues where some, you know some things got done incorrectly. If you remember, Michael Bonner was here. We had the, the Thanks Rebels headline. They blamed that on the people from Oklahoma, you know, or Nashville, whoever it was. And then there was the, uh, you know, the issue with the. Them running the wrong story in 2015 when Mississippi State beat Arkansas on the road, and uh, the way the newspaper business works is those guys when they're up against a deadline they have to write two stories. One, especially when a ball game is is closely contested, and the ledger ran the wrong story. They ran the, basically ran the, the the story to show that Arkansas won. You know, and so when these things continue to happen, I understand some of that is all in a day's work, but uh, I don't think it's fair for our fans to get out there. And go on Tyler Horka's personal Facebook page, and uh, or send him messages that are of a hateful nature when this is not a situation of his making. Now I understand. Uh, you know, a few months ago Tyler Horka may have said some things on Twitter that upset some people, but I think that he has settled in and done a good job, and uh, I think that he wants to do a good job. And I can assure you, uh, when I text him Sunday morning and say, "Hey, good luck today." Uh, didn't look like the paper did Jenny favors with his headline, and he could not believe it. He was unbelievably disappointed. Uh, takes a social media, and then some of our folks, and I say that to you, I can say it, you know, he doesn't need to say it, but because I'm one of you all, our folks took it to the extreme. And uh, and so I would say be as critical of the Clarion Ledger as you want to be, but uh, to, to blame Tyler Horka for that, for their ineptitude, I don't think it's fair to him because that paper has been making mistakes in relation to Mississippi State for years, uh, no matter who the beat writers are. And so I'm going to ask you to give him a pass because uh, I don't think this is a reflection on his work. And people say, well, you know, his name is on the article, and that's true. And I think the content of the article is very good. His name, sadly, is not on the headline because he didn't write that. And so please understand, uh, don't take these kind of things personal because uh, it's got nothing to do with him. But I understand, it's like and I shared with somebody earlier today, for the Clarion Ledger or anybody to basically defame Will Clark and Rafael Palmero by calling them Ole Miss greats, I mean, you might as well be talking about my mama. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That That's how revered those two, arguably the two most celebrated players in our athletic department's history, thunder and lightning. I don't think you would trade them for anybody. That, that that time of, uh, of athletics in Mississippi State history is unsurpassed. And so 
to be able to to have them, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to Ole Miss, but to have them mislabeled and called Ole Miss greats is, is among the most disrespectful things you can do just because of the fact that it's our arch rival. I mean, could you imagine if somebody named Joe Namath and Kenny Stabler Auburn greats with the Tuscaloosa News, the Birmingham paper, the Montgomery Advertiser, that there would be blood in the streets. And so I am glad that people say, well, you know, state people shouldn't be so insecure. I'm glad we actually have some gumption and we want to say, you know what, hey, listen, you know, we'll put up with a lot. But uh, you're not going to get out of here and mislabel our legends, and uh, and so yeah, and I understand mistakes happen. I don't think it's I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, but the bottom line is, I, I just want to speak on behalf of, of Tyler, and he and he would not know that I'm even having this conversation with you all. But I want you to understand, the mistake is not his, and the blame is not his. And I'm going to encourage you, you know, to not be critical of him on social media. Hey, if he writes something you don't agree with, then go after him. But this is not a, a situation of his doing. I'll remind you guys, if you're looking for tickets, you can uh, use the SeatGeek app. Go download it today. It's a free download in the App Store. So easy to use, so convenient. I am a, a guy that values his time. I spend a lot of time. Uh, I don't get a lot of watch on TV these days. You know, I'm, all, I'm always working on something. There was a press conference here. There's a ball game there. There's another chapter to write, an interview to conduct. And so my time is valuable to me, and I'm sure yours is to you as well. And the last thing you want to do is waste time on game day, a day of recreation and relaxation and fun trying to run down tickets so you can just go do that by downloading the SeatGeek app have your tickets guaranteed tickets and direct with your email you can print them out at home you bring them with you they'll scan them no problem because the last thing you want to do is go buy some of my tickets by somebody off on Craigslist in some Walmart parking lot and you give them your money and you get to the venue and you can't access the uh, the sporting event you're out your, your hard-earned cash and if you're fortunate enough you can still buy some tickets uh, at the ticket office but there are some sold out events that you're just going to kind of be out of luck so again, the SeatGeek app, a free download, will give you a, uh, an, a free promo code to save you a little cash, to give you some incentive to give it an opportunity. Promo code is Bulldog, B-U-L-L-D-O-G, and save $20 off your very first purchase uh, using the SeatGeek app. So looking at recruiting here, you know, Mississippi State's doing exceptionally well football recruiting-wise. Picked up a big commitment last week, Alex Adams out of South Pike High School. Been hearing about Alex now uh, since last summer. Had a chance to see him at Mississippi State's camp. Uh, long time friend of the show, Brenton Johnson, head coach down there, covered Brenton when he was a prospect there at South Pike High School, uh, is one of the coaches there. They brought a full group up here last year uh, to camp, and, uh, and a handful of guys that can really, really play. Uh, but Alex Adams, a kid that commits to Mississippi State, this, committed to Mississippi State and announced in the same day that he got an Ole Miss offer, and then LSU offered over the weekend. He is going to be a big-time prospect, will arguably be a four-star pretty quickly in the process. And I think him picking up multiple FCC offers early on is, is big uh, because there are a lot of people in the industry that count offers. you know. And so Alex Adams goes down there. Uh, uh, Montre Edwards from Holmes County Central picks up an offer from LSU. And one thing that I'll share with you about that is this time last year people were like, oh, you know, what's going to happen? Oral Ron's going to come here and take over Mississippi because he got a commitment early on from uh, from uh, Jaron Handy, a commitment from Zach Edwards, and uh, you know, talked to Charles Moore and, and uh, Jerry and Jones. We're all going to go to, to LSU, and we're afraid that Orzron was going to come in here and just uh, build a wall around uh, McGee or something, or Wiggins. Uh, but all that being said, LSU signed one in-state kid, and that was for Darius Jones, and he announced on signing day in December. But there will be some offers early on 
Alabama has thrown some offers at, at some kids. And a lot of these offers are not committable yet. That's one of the things that, I've, that I have learned in 20 years of covering and recruiting, 20-plus years now, is that many of these offers are really an invitation to camp. You know, you can they'll throw you an offer, but you can't commit today. They just want to kind of keep you in play and kind of let you know they're interested. And then when you come to camp, if you do a good job, then, then the offer at that point becomes redeemable. There are some guys, of course, that are big-time players that uh, they'll take you without the camp eval. But they're, So when you see a lot of these offers early on, though, understand kind of, kind of take some of that with a grain of salt because not all offers at this point are committable. Now, when, when Mississippi State offers an in-state kid, that's a committable offer, and they understand that going in. They're not going to throw an offer to kids not ready to take because when it's in your backyard, you have to absolutely take that. You don't want to run the risk of slow playing a kid early in the process when uh, you sent the offer because then everybody begins to wonder, well, what's the value in your offer if I can't commit to it? Uh, that's a big part of things. And so I think it's important that fans kind of understand when you see these offers, it, yeah, you get excited about it, but um, business is really going to pick up when it comes to the offer list in the, at the junior day events and then during the spring evaluation period. There will be some of these kids now that got, you know, offers from State and Ole Miss and Southern uh, that will have eight or nine, ten offers, uh, but then in the spring evaluation period. We're beginning to see some of that. You know, we're beginning to see Xavier Hill from Olive Branch and uh, Janari Dean from South Panola. They were offered by Alabama over the weekend. So you're, you're going to see the Alabama-Auburn-LSU offers. And a lot of people that wanted to tell you that this 2020 class is going to be down, that, and that's incorrect. You know, we'll, we won't have the headliners we had in 2019. And I don't know that we ever could. And, and, I, and I'll give you a hot take, and I've shared this one time on the show before. I, th- I really think the 2019 class – is going to go down as one of the more overrated classes in, in Mississippi history. I'll let that sink in for a second. There's some good players in there, but there were some guys that had you know four and five stars by their name that were a little bit overvalued. And I think a lot of that is because it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you start seeing guys early in the process pick up all these offers from the power brokers of college football, then you know you have to generate some hype to kind of match what you perceive to be their recruiting interest. Uh, but there are some of the guys you go you go back and watch their film, and I'm thinking, you know what, this is a good mid-level three-star kid, and you look up there, and the, you know he's you know, got four stars next to his name. There's going to be a lot of those guys. There are going to be some guys that are going to be solid football players, and I believe in ten years from now that we'll have these articles coming back recapping that that recruiting class, and we'll and we'll think, man, I remember how much we wanted that kid. Uh, but I believe this 2020 class is not as deep as 2019, and it doesn't have the headliners. But there is some real value in this class, and some of these early offer sheets, I think, are going to show some of that. I think you're going to see some guys uh, really, really blossom between now and the end of June. And uh, you'll see some guys you know, with, with double-digit offer sheets in the state of Mississippi that people aren't even really talking about yet. And so uh, state's off to a good start, currently ranked uh, 14th in the country. And uh, you know, early recruiting rankings are, are kind of as useful as a solar flashlight, but it is something to talk about. State currently with the uh, with nine commitments, ranked six in the Southeastern Conference as it stands right now. And uh, still got some couple guys that aren't evaluated or have been ranked. That includes Brandon quarterback Will Rogers. I believe Will will be a high-level three-star. And then John Cleese Patterson and Shaquan Anderson Butts, all those guys will be three-star guys. And I think we'll, we'll keep State you know, safely within the top 15. But uh, you know, a lot changes between now and signing day, a lot. But one of the things that I'll share with you is the in-state commitments usually stick. 
in-state commitments usually stick. That's just one of those things that happens when you take those guys early on. When you take an out-of-state kid, a lot of times you're just kind of shining a light for everybody else, saying, like, here's where the talent is. And so big news for State, big start to recruiting. We've got another junior day coming up this Saturday. It'll be a full day for us. Paul Jones and I will uh, will be there for junior day, and then we'll have baseball. We have uh, you know, men's basketball against South Carolina. So uh, certainly a, a big week to come for us. Looking at men's basketball, Mississippi State had the week they needed to have last week. Two impressive victories over uh, some teams kind of evenly situated with them. I, you know, of course, State uh, gets by Alabama 81-62 and then wins on the road in Fayetteville 77-67. And really, that final score is not indicative of how dominant State was in the second half. It just never really felt like Arkansas had a run in them to kind of narrow the gap. They hit a couple of baskets late. Uh, but State really played about as well as they can play this past week. And uh, really, you know, you did the things necessary. Now you've got two more winnable games in front of you. You're at Georgia on Wednesday, and they have really struggled. But that's that's one you have to get. And then you have South Carolina in the hump. We'll take it a week at a time, a game at a time. But uh, with State now 18-7 and seven overall, 6-6 six and six in the conference, back to 500. Uh, you've got a chance to get over 500, and really, if you begin to look at this thing now, uh, you're down to six regular season games, and you get into the SEC tournament. And so, State needs to do, in my mind, needs to do no worse than splitting these uh, these last six. And you, when you begin to look at the schedule, you think State's got a real opportunity to to do no worse than that. I, I had said early on that I felt eight and ten might be where State ends up, and if you and that still might be good enough to get you in the tournament, because I think. The uh, net ranking, I think, is 24 for Mississippi State right now, and that'll get you in. But uh, a road win at Georgia and a home win against South Carolina, that that's big. That gets you two games over 500 with four to play. Then you have Missouri coming in, who and they have really struggled. And then you go on the road at Auburn. Uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, Bruce Pearl made some negative comments about Starkville over the weekend. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Uh, I just, I don't understand the, uh, the you know, Auburn is basically. Starkville's cousin, you know, it's just it's so silly. Uh, and then you go on the road to Tennessee and you get A&M here. And I think realistically, if you look at this, you would think, okay, State's got a really good chance to win four, possibly five of these games. Now, the big news involving men's basketball over the weekend, uh, Nick Weatherspoon, it was announced that he was suspended indefinitely. Now, what I'm told about the indefinitely part of that is means there is a process. Okay, the reason that it's indefinite and not you know, one game, two games, whatever, is that uh, there is a process in place. Not a lot of specifics that have been provided. But what, what that means to me is is there is a decision to be made about when he returns to the team. So it's not one of those things that is just like a finite deal. It's like, say, for an example, if it is a violation of team rules, let's just say, and, and this is speculation, please don't, you know, come back and say, well, this is what Steve said. Let's like say for an example, if you miss a class, that maybe you know you don't start or you miss the first half, and so there may be like a written set of rules, like if this is the offense, this is the punishment. So when they tell me it is indefinite, that means there is a decision-making process that has to take place, where it's not just simply so cut and dry. Uh, and so we continue to gather information. We will give you the latest on uh, on jeanspage.com as we as we learn of things. It'll be on the, the basketball forum. Posted an update earlier today. Just not a lot of information known. I have reached out to some Mississippi State officials who were not willing to speak on or off the record to provide any direction. So I've had to you know, speak to other parties and talk to other people and try to put some things together. And one of the things that I've learned about that is you talk to enough people, 
Uh, you can hear whatever you want, but you also get enough pieces you can kind of begin to get an idea of how this thing is going to unfold. So at this point, we're not going to speculate, but it's not one of those deals at this point where I'm overly concerned about it. I think that there is a, a, a situation that will be resolved one way or another, and I'm told Mississippi State is still gathering information. Uh, and, and that could mean a lot of things. That's kind of a generic term, but uh, I, I don't I don't believe this is a, quote, Mississippi State issue. I don't believe this is something that is a a program or university-wide issue. I believe this is something that is, that is specific to Nick Weatherspoon, and it will be resolved one way or the other. It will be handled. Uh, and so as we get details, we'll share that with you, but uh, not going to offer a lot of speculation today other than the fact that I believe the fact that it is an indefinite suspension means that there is there is a process that has to be followed before he can be you know, reinstated to the active roster. And so make of that what you will. Uh, the Mississippi State women's basketball team uh, loses the ball game against Missouri and then absolutely destroyed Texas A&M yesterday. And uh, it's a very angry basketball team, and I really thought at times that A&M kind of got in our heads a little bit. I thought Kennedy Carter kind of got, you know, we, we kind of got involved with the yip, yipping back and forth. She ends up on the losing end of that deal. The state wins 92-64, to 64, and it could have been worse and probably should have been worse. Kennedy Carter ejected from the ballgame with her second technical foul. What I saw her say uh, was she was complaining she thought she was fouled on a drive. And, and let's be honest, the ballgame was already over. And she's uh, you know, driving to the lane, and she turns to the official and says, that's a foul all day, that's a foul all day, kind of complaining about not getting the call. And I guess they had had enough, and so they, they te- give her a technical foul. She'd received her first one. Her and Tierra McCowan had words and were both uh, issued technical fouls early in the ballgame. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big proponent of that sort of thing anyway. Somebody started the issue, okay? And it's like they always say, well, will you get the person that retaliates? I, I disagree with that. Someone started the issue. And you can say, well, you know, if both of them showed unsportsmanlike conduct, they both deserve technical fouls. I think you're punishing everybody else by not punishing the instigator. I think the person that starts the conflict should be punished the most severely because their action kind of leads to the rest of it. And so, but all that said, everybody's responsible for their own actions. Now, now your ladies tied with South Carolina, 11 and one in the conference, 23 and two overall. We did have some movement within the top 25. Louisville, of course, loses uh, to Miami. Miami's not beating Notre Dame and Louisville. That's very interesting. I don't know that I want them in my bracket. Uh, but State's in a good position now. We we really believe they're going to be headed to Albany. Uh, should they get through the first two rounds, either as a one or a two in the UConn bracket. That's just the reality of life. And uh, don't know that they can play their way into anything better, but they just need to keep winning and then uh, let the traffic clear around them. Now, State's next ball game in, in the women's side will be on the road uh, at Ole Miss on Thursday. I know that'll be, that'll be the pavilion takeover for the Maroon and White. Should not be much of a ball game, uh, but State needs to go up there and play well. And then on Sunday, you have Vanderbilt coming in. Uh, Vanderbilt, yeah, again, has really struggled this year. Uh, but these are two very two winnable ball games. And if you really look at the fact LSU comes in on the on the next Thursday, the next three, LSU can play a little bit. They got some ladies that can shoot. But let's be honest, State should will be expected to win these next three, setting up what amounts to an SEC championship game uh, at South Carolina uh, that Sunday. It would have been really nice to have uh, beaten Missouri and kind of have the SEC clinch before you get there. But uh, the reality of things is that uh, that's what it's going to be. That's kind of what it was destined to be. I'm sure that was one of the things they considered when they put the scheme on a schedule. 
but the ladies are playing well, and uh, you know we'll, we'll kind of take it from here. But uh, a big week ahead of us, and uh, needs to be one of these situations where state just kind of handles business. State should be 26 and two heading into Columbia, South Carolina, and if you look at the two losses, a lot of similarities in those those games. But the bottom line is, I think both of those games, state kind of got let the officials and the other team kind of dictate terms to them. And I don't know that we had the mental toughness that we needed to win those ball games. That'll have to change. But I really thought it was a great bounce back on Sunday, and they absolutely destroyed A&M. And A&M's a top 25 team, went in there and beat them at their place uh, unmercifully, and uh, really said a lot about the direction of this program. I know some of you guys like to have a little skin in the game when it comes to athletics, whether it be college or pro, and uh, you like to put your money where your mouth is. And, and, and if you're one of those folks, we're going to encourage you to use our friends at MyBookie. They are an industry-leading website that have been around forever and a day. Uh, they, they're one of those kind of folks that uh, they don't really have a stake in who wins. They want you to do well. Okay, so they're going to give you great odds and fast payouts and use their expertise to help you. And your team doesn't even have to win. They just got to cover the spread. So what are you waiting on? Lay down some cash and win the day. And if your team's terrible, bet against them. That way you're happy with the end result. Either you win the ball game or you win the bet. And where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. So take, make your way to my bookie, and you can check them out. And uh, they've got in-game live betting, a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever before. You can even play the online casino games and play a few hands of blackjack or roll the dice and craps. Join now. My bookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. That's mybookie.ag. Use promo code BONEYARD to activate that bonus offer. Again, mybookie.ag, promo code BONEYARD. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So getting ready to get out of here. Again, longer show today. And, uh, you know, there, there will, we'll have some transition here. You know, but we'll, the show will go on. We'll have it formatted for you. We'll get some things worked out. Um, but you don't have to worry about that. Now that we kind of know how to handle this, you know, the, uh, we'll be set up on SoundCloud kind of temporarily until we get some things resolved. And, and listen, that may end up being the way to go. I don't know, but, we'll, but the bottom line is the show will continue. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the app. They've had some technical issues. Hopefully, they'll all get sorted out. Uh, if it doesn't, the show is not going away. And uh, you can always find the show on all my social media platforms or post it on uh, jeanspage.com. We'll have that for you. And uh, I understand the app makes it handy. I don't know the future of the app. I, I absolutely don't. But uh, I want to thank you guys for sticking with me. I've had so many people that have messaged me over the weekend looking for the show. Uh, and say, hey, missed it, where's my show? Uh, and it just really shows a lot about what this show has uh, has become over the last several years and uh, kind of become a necessary part of your day. And so I'm happy to be along for the ride, and I apologize for being a little bit later today, but we had some things to kind of put together to kind of bring the show to you. So until next time, let's all live our lives, and a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>